Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately, over the weekend, we have lost another member of the Professional Wrestling Brotherhood. Um, Give me just a second to uh, pull up his name here. Just bear with me, folks. Oh, boy. Um, We have lost a member of the Wrestling Brotherhood here. Let me... See if I can find this. Uh, Well, we will get back to this in just a couple seconds. I'm going to officially start this program while I do my research. Um, Unfortunately, we're running a little bit behind tonight, so... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this, and we will be right back with more of Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
Presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Grab in, wrestling fans, and get ready because it's TNT and it's dynamite. Sean David here, one of your co-hosts here at Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil, live here on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. This is a proud presentation of Rampage Productions. I am going to re the 10 bell here because 
Um, I had found out that we have lost more than one member of the wrestling world. I forgot about the other one. We'll be covering that momentarily, so just stick with us. Right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I'm usually the one that opens this program. So I'm usually the one that has to do this. Um, we have lost two members of the wrestling world. Jeff Greeno, a.k.a. Anarchy Ash Aubrey. Um, he worked, I believe, on the East Coast from what my sources are telling me. Um, but he was a gear maker and, and just a lot of connections um, passed away, um, unfortunately. And then we have the other big one that we are going to cover um, somewhat now, but somewhat when um, my other co-hosts get here. Um, so the other one was Carl Lauer. And for those that don't know anything about this man, he was the former head of the Cauliflower Alley Club. Inspector for Pro Wrestling, Boxing, and, and MMA. Um, so we want to send our well wishes and regards to the family of Jeff Greeno and Carl Lauer this evening to start things off. I am Sadistic Sean David. I am here once again. We were off last week due to some technical difficulties. Um, and as you see, we're starting later tonight. This may be the new format that we run with. Uh, we will just have to wait and see. Um, we have a lot to cover here tonight. We have our AEW review preview, the WWE review preview, NXT review preview if we get time, uh, Impact, NWA, MLW, New Japan, the shit list, and so much more here tonight on this program. Um, with that being said, I want to take a minute to alert everybody of what happened last weekend on Sunday. Sunday, I had the privilege and honor of working for Melson Family Wrestling up in Marengo. Great day of action for an even greater cause. Lots of money raised for the cause. Um, I got there and was asked to referee. Now, a lot of you that have been longtime listeners of this program know that in my 20 years, I have maybe refereed um, under a handful of times. So what that means is, I may have not done the best, and to anybody that um, was not happy with my work Sunday, I apologize, uh, but know that that is not the normal role that I usually take bookings for. Um, I was happy to help them out. They didn't have anybody else. So, um, But what also happened on that day is our longtime late co-host, the Dean of Wrestling, Steve Kane, was posthumously inducted into the icons of the Illinois Valley class of 2022 and was the first referee to be inducted into the Central Illinois Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2022. I want to thank uh, Crime Fighter for that opportunity and the rest of the nosebleed seats. The man deserved it. And uh, I'm glad we waited until um, the show in Marengo to actually do those inductions. 
It was a feel-good moment for me, a feel-good moment for a lot of people involved. And uh, evidently, this is it for Frank the Tank Nelson. However, um, because I was told this over the, the weekend, he has had four retirement matches before, so we will see if this retirement sticks. Um, and then also want to remind people that his uh, nephew, Nathan, still runs Northland Pro Wrestling. They have an event coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, I have to check with Sin, get the date, all the specifications, and see if we can make the trip up for that to Northland Pro Wrestling, the um, promotion that is owned by Frank the Tank Nelson's nephew, Nathan. Uh, great group of guys were on this event this past Sunday. It was a privilege to work with all of them um, and, and just do something really special for a great cause and, and for the honor of Frank and for our dear friend Steve Kane. So um, there will be DVDs available of that. You can contact Frank to take Melson or uh, Nate Michael to get your copy of that. And uh, we will... Uh, we will be having more information about that uh, in the coming weeks. So just stick with us, folks. I am waiting on the arrival of one or two of my co-hosts, and uh, we will be uh, going from there. And uh, just kind of taking things as they come. So with that being said, we are going to uh, – take another quick little break here and we'll be right back with more of rampage rant thursday night turmoil on the evolution radio network saturday night june 26th at champ cooper elementary school in beautiful ponchatoula louisiana it's stimulus check wrestling Yep, we're putting our stimulus checks together, and we're going to have a wrestling show. Featuring some down-on-his-luck XWCW guy that we can get for under 100 bucks, and a few other guys we can pay 10 bucks a piece for. At Saturday night, June 26th, unless the zombie apocalypse is caused by the virus, that's Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and... Stimulus check wrestling, you don't want to miss it.
having some technical difficulties, but momentarily we will be joined by the Sultan of Slither himself, Sin, and uh, we will get this show officially rolling. Um, you know, there's just so much going on in the wrestling world. I want to play this. This is a hardcore hippie, Electric Eric Freedom, and you're listening to the Graveyard Radio Network. Peace and love, baby. Peace and love. All right. Uh, still waiting on the arrival of my co-host tonight. Boy. Uh, and here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, he is 2019 Icons of the Illinois Valley member, the Sultan of Slither. This is Finn. Yeah, baby. I'm ready to go this week. What do we got online, baby? Uh, well, we're going to start things off. Carl Lauer died, who was the uh, guy of Cauliflower Alley Club over the weekend at the age oh, of 83. Man. And then we lost another one, uh, Jeff Greeno, who worked on the East Coast. But he also, from what I'm seeing, there's, there's a lot of gear that was made from this man that is actually a pretty decent gear. Um, so we want to send our thoughts and well wishes to both of those members' families. Um, I have entitled tonight, Uncage the Rage. And there's a couple reasons for that. We were not on last week. Last Uh Wednesday was my official 20th year active in the sport of professional wrestling. Um, I opened the show kind of talking about uh, uh, Sunday in Marengo. We'll we'll recap that here quickly. Um, But, you know, I mean, it, it just so much has happened over the last week in the world of wrestling. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, A lot of ground we're going to cover. So, um, Finn, I'm going to let you take the floor while I uh, take a 
nice big gulp of my Mountain Dew that I've got sitting here and hit some of my uh, quote-unquote medicine. And um, if you want to share any thoughts about Carl Lauer or just the importance of the Cauliflower Alley Club, that would be greatly appreciated at this time. Okay, yeah, the, the Cauliflower Club, basically, what you're looking at is a group of guys that have a real appreciation for wrestling from the actual in-ring aspect and work in the psychology. Uh, prestigious, prestigious thing to be a part of. Um, I believe he started it, which it's very sad to see him go now. Um, I didn't know of his passing until you just informed me, so it kind of caught me a little off guard. Um, I understand it. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad. It is. Um, but, you know, I look at it this way. He lived to 83 for, for a wrestler or for anybody in the wrestling business with how much work we put in. I don't think people realize it legitimately takes years off your life. So him living to 83, as a wrestler, I'll be extremely happy if I make it to 83. Right. Um, um, so, you know, he lived a good Alley life. Club. Cauliflower Alley Club, founded by Nick Bonkwinkle. Uh, I didn't realize six, it was Nick Bonkwinkle. Okay. In, 60, in 1965, it was founded. And uh, to my knowledge, the current and reigning president of the Cauliflower Alley Club is none other than Katie and I's good old friend, and even Steve Kane's old friend, because he's called into this program a lot, B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees. That's fantastic. Not just Killer Bees. Uh, B. Brian Blair had a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, career when uh, there were still territories before Vince snatched up all the good guys, which Blair was part of. Um, tremendous in-ring talent. Um, I, I don't like to think of him as a Killer Bee. I know this sounds silly. I watched him a lot when I was a very small child on my grandpa's lap. And uh, I remember him like, you know, in some of his other heydays, you know, just catching footage of them, whether it be in AWA or Texas or wherever, some of the local stuff that got, you know, that you were able to get back in the day, or Golden Gordon Sully covering them, you know, in the evening on the weekends. Um, just like that's where I first learned about Ted DiBiase before he was the million dollar man. And Correct. Warriors, and Warren Sting were on there before they were the Blade. Before they were that, they were the Blade Runners, Rock and Flash. I found yes. a lot of wrestlers from that era, thanks to Gordon Sully. And that's where I first found out about B. Brian Blair. And I was actually, and Brunzel is also a great worker, his tag team partner in WWE. Um, it's really a shame. I thought they kind of stuck him with a, a lame gimmick. Um, but the guys <laughs> in ring, they may never have like had a, a good title run or anything. But man, um, they put on fantastic matches. Um they weren't strictly an enhancement talent, but they did do a lot of enhancement stuff. They were, they did a lot of, car, as we call it in the bids, carpentry work, which is to build another guy up, or in this case, another tag team. Um, they did a fantastic job of it. You know, they did strong. You know, I just can't say enough good things about him. Um, he was, what I've been hurt. I've only heard. I've never met him. I've heard he's a great guy. Fantastic. Uh, he was, He's one of our favorites to have on this program. He brings a lot of insight 
All right, so we're going to do the quick recap of this last Sunday, and we may even be joined by the man that was there to do Steve Kane's uh, Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame induction and film the event for Marengo Family Wrestling this past Sunday in Marengo. Uh, Crime Can Pop I say us- oh, I wanted to say his name. I want to give him. I want to say the name. Can I say the name? You can say the name. Crime Fighter. <laughs> that was that was very Vince esque. Um, so this past, like this past <laughs> Sunday in Marengo, I was a referee. Uh, Sin can attest to this. In the twenty years that I've been active, I think I've refereed maybe a, I would have to say under a dozen times. I have been in the <laughs> ring as a ref. Well, um, I'll tell you, it was unfortunate I couldn't make it. I, I actually have fair amount of ref experience, not like. Like, since I was a wrestler, nobody used me as a ref once I got my in-ring stuff. But right. uh, with with a lot of the training camps I've had, a lot of the when, – when I was wrestling, teaching new guys, I had my own school. You know, you put together mock matches, and you obviously have one of the other workers ref. And uh, we were taught how to do that through that interaction. Like, we even mess up a ref spot. You know, Tim or Brian would say, hey, as a ref, you should really do this. And it's really important that refs understand workers and workers understand refs. It, it, and being a ref is not an easy job. Uh, no, no. And this this day, uh, Crime Fighter is with us. He'll tell us a little bit more on, on his perspective. Um, but this was a, night, a day of action to um, raise funds for the Marengo uh, Community High School. And it was uh, one last draw with Frank the Tank Melston. I did not know until I got there, and, and actually I didn't know until Crime Fighter got there that I was going to be refing. Um, it got sprung on me at the last moment. They're like, our ref is not here. We think you can do it. I was like, well, I can do it, but I, don't quote me on how good I'm going to be. Because Crime Fighter yeah, will right? attest to this. The first match was the Battle Royal. The first singles match, I get yelled at by not only the two competitors in the ring, but by Crime Fighter. Slow your count way the hell down. Yeah, you got to keep it slow and constant. You got to be constant. That's a big thing. Don't fast count guys. If you fast count guys, boy, it makes our life hard. It makes our life so hard in the ring if you're if you're giving us fast count. Also, don't slow count us because it's such a. It's really an art. If you slow count it us, is. if you slow count us, it makes us look bad. If you fast count us, it it makes us look bad. There's really a sweet spot there. And I had to find my groove. I think by the end of the day, I did. But, um, man, just having to really go out and do that, I didn't oh remember. I did not remember, and you're going to laugh at this, Finn, because you trained me. I did not remember how much of a toll all of that will take on the body, okay? And oh. I'm going to say this now. A managerial role is very simple compared to being in the ring as a worker or a referee. Because you're only on the outside, you have li- you have limited interaction in that match, and and uh, that's why you re- if you remember when uh, Wicked when I was running Wicked Wrestling Alliance, um, we always tried to book at least two refs at least just because if you look at a ref's workload, if you're, if you're a manager or wrestler, you know I I remember there's time times in powerhouse where we'd have some people that couldn't make it due to weather or whatever. And I might've worked a double or, or sometimes I even worked, I think a singles and tag and a six man one night. It happens. Right. 
But as as a ref, if you're the only ref there, you're out every match. And people might think, well, he's not bumping, he's not doing this. Yeah, but you're relaying information. You got to remember everything that everybody's doing. You got to keep your count down. You often communicate. You're the in between guy. You know what well, I mean? There's and this so many, much to this, do. If, this if, may, if, this, if you have a lot of matches, it really is hard. This may have been my fault, um, but Crime Fighter actually gave me some tips on this. He said you actually did it right. I did not go out there with any of the finishes to the matches. I didn't know what to look for. I didn't. It, it wasn't about that. I worked that show as a shoot-style referee. What that means is I saw the finish when it happened. I didn't know before I went out there what any of that was. You know, there's, I, I think that, that it's really good for some matches, but for other matches, there are, if, if, if you've got, if the, if the booker or the wrestlers have something complex happening in their match where it's very important that the ref has to be somewhere for something to happen, I mean, then I, I really do believe you do have to relay that to the ref. You know what I mean? But other than that, because let's not play games, people. We all know, everybody out there listening knows, there's a predetermined end. Unless something bad happens, there's a predetermined Correct. end. Um, sometimes it's, it's important for the ref to know. But uh, I think, you know, I, I would say maybe, honestly, we like the refs to know probably 90% of the time. But honestly, um, you really can go out there probably 50% or less of the time without knowing the ending. You know what I mean? Right. uh, It really depends. It really depends on the promotion. The one thing thing that I had a problem with, and it's just because, look, like I said, I don't normally ref. Um, I think in in my refing career – and this is going to be even less than me just refing. I think I've maybe ref three tag matches now with the one Sunday. So that, that was a little bit harder for me because you have to know where to be when. Uh, thankfully, oh, yeah. guys, like, guys like Scott Spade that were in that match and Tully Vision and Frank and uh, Tiny that came in from POW um, were able to um, kind of guide me through that because I've – a tag match is a totally different art than a singles match because if you're a referee and you're not blind when you need to be, you fuck the whole thing up. Yeah, and the same thing if if there's um, managers on the outside, you know, you gotta there's there's all kinds of things a ref's got to keep in mind. Um, tag matches, I think, are the hardest. You know what I mean? Just because, really, I, I mean, you've got like you said, you gotta know when to turn for blind tags, hot tags. You got to keep track of all this, and and it's um, even the way you act in the ring. I, I've uh, I, I had a ref once in a match. I believe it was man. Uh, it was it was somewhere where Big Daddy was running, and I believe Steve Doctor Death Williams were, before he passed was there. Right. Um. um Steve Doctor Death was there, and uh, we had a ref that night. That was really good. Yeah, one, two, three. Oh, you're here. Try me. Fighters here. Oh, I was on all along. You didn't even give me a cue. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it's okay. Um, go ahead and tell your story, Sin, and then we'll let a uh, crime fighter chime in. Okay. Because I think that show was. Uh, you were talking about the uh, Big Daddy's uh, oh, event yeah, with yeah, yeah. uh Doctor Death. I think that was in Kiwani. 
I, I, I can't believe I'm blanking on the ref's name now. But uh, he was really fantastic. I was interested in bringing him in. And I think like three to six months later, he was on WWE, roughing matches on Raw. And then was, they, he, was he an African-American guy? Cause yes, I know yes, that that, he was. yes, okay, he was. I, His first so match even, was a woman's match. Uh, yes, he worked for the Jonas Brothers when I started working for them and was one of their refs. And Crime Fighter knows that individual. It was one of the, uh, would have either been Justin or, oh, God, what's the other one's name? The twins, yeah. The one twins, yeah. Yeah, one has tattoos and one doesn't. Right? If I yeah. remember right? Yeah. Um, the one and without tattoos is the one that was in the WWE for a while. Ah, you lost me. Uh, oh, we were talking about talking the King. About? The King referees, the twins. Oh, Justin's yeah, okay. Or the yeah, Cali twins is what they used to call themselves. Yeah, yeah. remember when one worked in the WWE for a while? That's Justin. Justin, there you go. I couldn't remember his first name. Thank you. <laughs> he he was a phenomenal ref. He, I mean, I don't know if he's still doing oh, it, but he's great. Um, well, I don't can't remember now. I think he's doing NWA stuff, if memory serves me correct. He's he down with the be. NWA. Justin King is overseas, too. I forgot about that, yes. Um, all right, Crime Fighter. Uh, we were talking about me having a referee and, and obviously the um, Nelson family wrestling card from this past Sunday. I am aware of your um, major objection with that event, and we are going to get to that momentarily, but give us your thoughts on the event and, and inducting Steve Kane. We'll just say this from the outset. It was a lower-key event. Being on a Sunday afternoon, it was not going to be like, let's say, one of the big high-profile cards, and yeah. I knew that going in pretty yeah, much. I didn't know how long of a show it was going to be, but it was yeah, fine for, what it, for the purpose it was for... Go ahead, Sin. Oh, I just want to say it was on a Sunday afternoon, like you said. Otherwise, I would have been there too. That that made it hard on me. You know, it's just it's hard. It's hard on Sunday afternoon. It's hard to run them. It's it's rare for. I know SICW does their Sunday taping at one o'clock every week or every month now, but um, for a new promotion, I don't even know how long Melson Family Wrestling's been in operation, or if this is like a one-off. Melson's been around since the 80s, so that he's ran a couple different promotions around uh, uh, under a couple different names. The, the one synonymous with everybody, uh, I would think, would be his uh, booking of Chicagoland Pro Wrestling out of Harvard. And one yeah. of the biggest shows that they ever had was with DDP. And boy, did I get some stories about that over the weekend. Uh, we're not going to cover that tonight. So, that will okay. be for a future podcast. Go ahead. So the the Nelson Family Wrestling Banner, how long has that been around? Um, I would say the last couple of years. Um, I know that a okay. couple of years ago, before before COVID, Steve and I were booked on a show in Harvard, and I got a phone call. You know, I'm, I'm everybody knows that listens to this. I'm not a driver. I depend on somebody else to get to my shots. Um, and I had to go pick up Steve Kane to do that shot. And we got out of the driveway and no more than got on the one interstate that we needed. 
and my driver decided the snow's too bad. I, I, I can't risk anybody's life doing this. So I had to make the phone call to Steve and say, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. I wish there was something more I could do, but I'm an hour out from you and then another hour out from you up to the show. So we're not going to be able to do this. Um, okay. So only because, I only asked because I didn't have it on my Fed list. That's and okay. I have uh, a full directory of all right. the Feds in the state of Illinois. I didn't have right. that one on there. Okay. So, uh, side note too, his nephew, Nathan, runs Northland Pro Wrestling up in the Chicagoland area. I believe they were running Woodstock. Oh, cool. Okay. Northland, so, I think, is new. Um, Northland has been around. Seems to have added it been, recently. Northland has been around. It was under the CSW banner, and there's still some communication or cooperation there, but they have rebranded themselves as just Northland Pro Wrestling. Whoa, uh, I get it now. It is a breakaway. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. that's what happened. Yeah. yeah, thanks. All right. I was wondering why you didn't you know, know Nelson because okay. he's been around since the 80s. <laughs> right. Okay, so Craig Potter, go ahead. Show, as I was saying, Lord Q Show, as I was saying, yes, it's kind of tricky to – it's unpredictable as to how that event will draw. I think they did okay with the draw that they have. It was just pretty spread out. I don't attendance figure, but it I was not I did not get an attendance figure, but I was told that quite a bit of money was raised for that cause. I will have the exact figure next week. I don't want to say a figure and be wrong about it here tonight, but I will have that figure that was raised for the high school yeah, next week on this program. And I and I gave them my ten bucks, even though you're, even though I was paid to, I guess paid to help tonight. That event, <laughs> but that's funny. Um, I right even here, gave, so I'm all well, too willing to give them. Well, it's charity. Even though I was you know. running around ringside as a cameraman working the show, I still gave them ten bucks. And I gave them for the uh, fundraiser. Even though, as the I worker, mean, most of the even. time you're. Um, you're you're entitled to one comp when you work an event. I I still gave them money for my mom's ticket. It was like you know this is for a good cause. Here you go and 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 uh, so it was a good event. It really was for what it was. Don't have any complaints. But I am going to air the one complaint now. And this is the, look Frank. If you hear this, Nathan. If you hear this, this is not a shot directly at you. This is from a Booker's perspective. And you're going to get a couple of those. If you're going to talk about tonight. the subject I think you're about to talk about, uh, I'm saving it for my editorial comment on my show. But oh, you can oh, say yeah. whatever you want. I've got a comment um, about this, too. I think he, I know what you're going to say. Um, well, you know, it, in, uh, in Crime Fighter, feel free to leave out what you want on your editorial comment, but do chime in on this some. Um, it behooved me to be working in events that had a heel ring announcer. Now, I'm okay with this if that heel ring announcer is an authority figure because then you can make that work. I've had to do that in the past when I did roles for Big Daddy and you know, I was I was the general manager but also the ring announcer. So, that is acceptable. Having a heel ring announcer on any other terms, especially on a benefit show, I don't know what I, I – I had mixed feelings about it. I really did. I know they put him in the Battle Royal, and, and he tried to draw heat off that. But it seemed like a, that show could have moved forward a little bit more in just my personal booking perspective if we wouldn't have let him have the mic for as long as we did. 
I filibustered. Yeah, and not only that, um, I don't understand the concept of going to a, uh, like putting on charity event, and then uh, like the first thing that happens is they have a re announcer come out and put down the town. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would. I, I want my They're playing the rival out. schools thing. They're probably oh, were they? playing the rival schools angle okay, here. But, but, but still, I mean. I feel like your ring announcer maybe should be pumping your crowd to get them excited. And then if you want to have that rivalry. Yeah, I really, I think if you want to have that or nothing else, I mean, you've got to have, I mean, if he's so determined to have this guy come out and trash the town, somebody needs to come out before, like, he finishes and put him in his place and pop the crowd before the first match. I, I just... I feel like you can't go into the first match I wanted, with somebody that's not going to get his comeuppance insulting them. I go ahead, try me. When I got my hands on the mic to uh, call him out and thought better of it. Thank you for that. I should have done it. <laughs> well, you would have never been brought back by them if you would have probably. I don't care. Well, I was like, I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm a Central Illinois guy. It's rare that I go to any Chicago show. I think this is the second or third one I've ever gone to. Oh, so it doesn't Up there. I don't yeah. commute to Chicago for wrestling shows. I, I wouldn't it. care if they didn't bring me back. I would well, have said that, too. Well, maybe in that case, I mean, if, I, I never tell anybody to go off on their own because as a promoter, it's never happened to me, but I've seen it happen to other promoters. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it, I've seen promoters get super pissed, but I mean, uh, I mean. But after the segment is over, I did yell at the top of my lungs that I was sorely tempted to call him out on the microphone. I, I don't the crowd could hear me yell. I don't Dang. blame you because, look, as the ref, I even teased the spot. He was facing the crowd, and his back was turned to me, and I – if I didn't have intentions of working with Frank or Nathan in the future, I would have probably dumped that guy over the top rope like they did in the Battle Royal. Um, that's just actually where I was. my head behind the curtain and asked, begged for somebody to run out and drop him. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that did happen later in the night, but it did not happen soon enough. It did happen right after I did that, though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who that gentleman was that dropped him. But I, uh, that is Frank's nephew, but I shouted, Nathan. Thank the, you. That is the okay. owner of Northland. Well, that is Frank's, uh, Frank's nephew, I'm, Nathan. He is the owner of Northland. Okay. I didn't get a name for him, so thank you for that. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, the only time I'm okay with even, like, heels on, on the stick is in an announcing role is if they're doing commentary. Like, I agree. This, this, this was hard Tell to us. swallow. Uh, because I'm an announcer myself. That is usually my normal role. When I take a booking anymore, I'll manage if you ask me to, and there's been instances where that's happened out of the blue, but most of the time I'm sticking to announcing. I've got this program. I've been announcing. I I announced on a show in uh, 2013, somewhere around there, with Steve Mongo McMichael before he got sick. And when Steve Mongo McMichael of the 1985 Bears and a guy that's been on WCW and national television more than once 
comes up to you and says, kid, you've got something there. The only thing that sets you apart from Michael Buffer is you don't have the line, let's get ready to rumble. If you were to coin something like that, I could see you going to TV because that's where you belong. And that wasn't him kissing my ass. That was him being genuine. Well, it's very rarely um, Michael has much nice to say about his fellow commentators from what I heard. So, right. So that's an accomplishment. You know what I mean? Michael's a great guy from what I hear. But I, I just hear he's kind of stern with the people he commentates with. <laughs> Although he's, uh, he's not doing so well lately. No, he no, is not. We want to... Unfortunately. Well wishes. Well wishes. Yes. I'm not a Bears fan, but that guy was part of a magical so, season for him. Again, not to knock the promotion or the promoters, but I don't see a need for a heel ring announcer if there's not an angle or a payoff. I agree. Uh, and you said he got his come up in later, but I, I just feel like unless it's like a heel like Trevor Russell. Yeah, trying to get the show back on track after waiting that long is hard. I mean, if if you give him some come up in early or have somebody else come out and be positive and then him come out and dump on him so you got some play off each other and then there's a payoff, you know, to the crowd at the end. That that makes more sense to me. It doesn't make sense just to have a, a guy go heel for a long period of time and, you know, get, get tossed over a battle royal. You know, I, I just, I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. Um, the other one talent that I do want to mention, because I've seen this gentleman before, and I, I have gotten word that evidently he began work for OVW, so congratulations on that. His name is Lennox Leon. And I'm going to get a picture of him to send to uh, uh, Sin here. Because uh, match with uh, Johnny Black. Yeah. That name uh, sounds super familiar to me. How young is this guy? Um, newer, I would say. I think, I, I think uh, you know, I, I don't know the guy, but I swear I've heard that name before. So he's, he has to be doing good things. Or bad things. Uh, it has to be working together. Yep, I found him. Who found him? So, this Linux Leon or Leon D. E. Oral from Beloit, Wisconsin. Well, lives in Beloit, Wisconsin, originally from Little Rock, but Arkansas. So, um, this guy, and I had to, I had to pull Crime Fire to his side to tell him this. Uh, Saying I sent that picture when you get a chance to pull that up. Um, I, will I right had now. to. I had to stop myself. My friend Gene and I went up to a show. This was my first ever show at the Berwyn Eagles Cub. Um, it was Square Circle Megastars, and this gentleman was on there. And literally, like, I'm sitting next to uh, a, a fellow wrestler, Quinn Whitlock, and I'm like, dude, tell me that it's not a black Hulk Hogan. Like, just, dude, just he's tell me. It. It's like the natural Butch Reed, but with a Hogan stash. <laughs> he looks... No, no, I have no problem with that. He looks, if you look at him, he looks what you want a professional wrestler to look like. I don't know how his ring skills are, but he has a great look. At least I um, think he does. Sorry about he, that. No, you're okay. He was a great talent. Um, and look, you know, Finn's got a very good point. You've got Butch Reed mixed with a little bit of Hulk Hogan and um, this, that's what you get out of this guy. Other talents on that uh, card that I want to mention, and I, I won't mention everybody, just 
hear me out. These are my honorable mentions. He was one. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, your good old boy, J.T. Simmons, was there. And boy, did he, uh, uh, man, that match that he had with Jay Cross, Jay Cross knocked him silly. Um, Jay Cross is the big boy out of Wisconsin. Um, very fantastic talent. And JT, unfortunately, got his butt handed to him. Well, uh, unfortunately, because of his, his build, JT's natural build, a lot of times he's working guys that are much bigger than him. Um, so that happens to JT a lot. Uh, you know, in, in Wicked, we, 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 we let him use the mic a lot because JT's mic skills, he shines there. Not to down his in-ring skills. He's got great in-ring skills. Hell of a bumper. Um, pretty good offense. But, I mean, he, he just, with his size, it's really hard to uh, get him over some of the bigger guys. You, you know what I mean? That's his biggest obstacle. But he's, he's got mic skills, like the Miz. He's just got the mic skills. Yes, and I sent you a picture of Jay Cross so you could see what uh, JT had to deal with this this man. Um, you know, he's kind of been on the up and up and then kind of on the down and down, and I don't mean that as an insult. It's just there is something to this guy, and I don't know that everybody sees it. I see Ooh, it. he's got I, such I, a beautiful old school look to him. I've God. said this for a while. Um, this is a talent that everybody, you know, y- you, you want to be looking at somebody like this. Um, God, what, you know who he looks yes, like to me? I'll air his match on my show, and everybody will see him down here. When when he's wearing the full length tights in the singlet, he reminds me kind of, kind of a. He looks kind of like uh, um, Ivan. Uh, I can't give his name now from old uh, WCW. Koloff. Uh, yeah, uh, he looks like he almost looks like he could pull off a Russian gimmick. If he if he shaved his head, he kind of has an Ivan Koloff look to him to me. Um, other other standouts on this card that I've already shown sin before because we had a conversation about what I'd be doing. Um, Cody James, Joey Mayberry, that match was off the charts. Those two, well, Cody uh, I think was playing a little bit of rib on me because Crimey will tell everybody. I was in the ring and I'm doing the count. He's like, get out and come with me. I was like, ah, shit. So up, up one side of the bleachers, down the other, I'm chasing them. We get it back in the ring. And as I go to roll back in the ring, not realizing the kind of frame they have on this ring, I smoke my knee on the bottom part of the frame. <laughs> Freedom and I, so I'm, used to, Eric, Electric Eric Freedom and I, I swear back in the day when we were working different promotions in Illinois, one of our favorite things to do, because we used to have a rivalry all the time, we, we used to, Freedom and I would love to take it around the world as we call it, you know, if we were in the ring and doing something, freedom would grab me by the back of the head. And he's, he's like, we're going to take it around the world. And when he does that, he'd throw me out and then we'd go around the arena brawling. And it, it, it you don't, you can't do it every night, obviously, but when you do, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Fun. Uh, yeah. Cause when we got to the back and I, I, everything had calmed down for the night, Cody says, well, I made you earn your payday tonight. I said, yeah, you did. Thanks. <laughs> But Cody, Plus, Cody is fun. I'm sorry, what was that, Crammy? As long as you had fun. Yes. Um, as long as the crowd, the key is as long as the crowd liked it. Going through the crowd, a lot of times the crowd loves that. 
They look um, that he'll get bashed outside. There there were some of the matches that the crowd was not really into. I'm not gonna name which ones. Crimey will know when, when he goes back and merges this footage for the DVD and future Arian on his uh show, but some of the matches they weren't really into. Oh, I'm not some of them a they DVD were. Of I'll be publishing any sort of DVD. I'll be, um, will be all aired on my show. Okay, oh, we no. can do that, and then you can send me a DVD that I can send to them because I know Frank wants a copy of it. Oh, um, okay. We'll talk about that. Right. We'll talk about that off air. Right. But um, you know, it, it was a good night, and and the thing about it is this: Cody James has been an upcoming talent for a while. I'm going to spoil this right now. Cody James was going to be an integral part of what I was going to be doing in West Dundee. Uh, what was slated to actually be happening, our, our next show in West Dundee would have been uh, this coming month in May, had that all panned out. Um, he was going to be a part of that. Good talent, good hand, gets it. Um, you know, and, and look, I even told Crime Fighter this. There are too many people, even in 2022, that do not realize that there is an area to wrestle in the state of Illinois outside of the Chicagoland area. And that is oh, why some, that is why some of these uh, guys' matches are going to be aired down in central Illinois. So uh, promoters down there have an opportunity to see some of these guys, maybe book them, so on and so forth. So um, that was Melson Family Wrestling. Steve Kane posthumously inducted into the icons of the Illinois Valley and Central Illinois Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. What uh, shocked me there is Steve Kane is now the first referee into the Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, we are, I, I did give Crime Fighter some names of some other individuals that I thought were worthy of that honor. Um, that'll be looked into within uh, probably the following years as we, he's done a ref this year already. But um, that, that was very fitting for me. I don't know that you could have gotten another ref from Illinois, even from the eighties to be able to put in that. Um, so Steve, Steve had to be it. And I'm glad he was number one. Yeah. For me, for me, I got to say, you know, I, I worked, I worked Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Michigan, you know, all around here. And out of, I have like three refs that I just, you know, I really loved to be in the, to be in the ring, repping my matches and I think Kane is up there with Hopper, definitely. Um, uh, Kane, Terry Hopper, uh, both of them fantastic. And um, what was the third? Uh, uh, Kometz. Kometz was – I would say Kometz would probably fall into a runner-up. <laughs> you know, but Kane and Hopper, man, they're, 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 they're neck and neck. You know what I mean? Hopper, Hopper rests for PWA. I know, I know. Yeah, he used to he used to rep for us all the time. He was so good. Uh, I'm sure and, he still and, is. Yeah, there's a whole group of people that can go in the whole thing. It's just getting yeah, tracking them down and uh, having a ceremony. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have lost contact with. I don't know if I can even find them. That's and, and you know that's another thing. These Hall of Fames, because I've had people ask me, well, what's going to happen with icons? I am here to tell everybody right now, and, I, and I'm going to go public with this. I never have because my brother and a couple other people that knew this individual did not want this outed that this was my idea. But um, because of his cause of death, they did not want me to do this. But I am a firm believer that Eric Marks deserves to go into the icons of the Illinois Valley, uh, despite what his cause of death was. 
the kid. I I'm not familiar. Uh, is it all right to say on air what his cause of death was? I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna I, say it. I know why he passed away, and it's an absolute tragedy. Oh, okay. Uh, I won't um, ask any more questions then. Um, but, you know, there there are people that deserve to go in this Hall of Fame. And everybody thought when I opened this, this was just to toot my own horn. It's not. There are people that I've worked with over my 20 years that deserve to be in this. There are people that I may not like over my past 20 years that still deserve to go in this Hall of Fame. It's not like Vince McMahon where I sit down and go, oh, he tickled my taint, so I'm going to put him in. That's not how this works here. Uh, you know, Kane would not... you know who needs to go in? Who needs to go in? And I'm a firm believer. If somebody's listening that knows them, please contact them. Hell, I might even shoot them a text, even though I haven't talked to him in a while. The, the, in my in my opinion, in my opinion, the godfather of indie wrestling in Central Illinois, one of the five people that had a license to run in Illinois when it was still state regulated, Kim Lyle. Yes, he's already uh, in. Is he's he in the pro. In. He's he's not in icons yet. He is in pro wrestling, uh, Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame with Ed Schumann and Repsol and all of those. Um, he so, he a hundred percent belongs Dick there. Dick the Bruiser and the Popos. Yeah, and the thing about that is this: Sin and I had a personal conversation over the weekend where I literally sat down and could tie damn near every promotion to run this part of Illinois had some ties back to Tim Lyle other than AAW. Every promotion, Vince Promotion, RCW, Dreamwave, um, HCWA Midwest, the Jonas Brothers short-lived company, anybody that's run here has had ties to Tim other than AAW. So you're right. National Bud Chapman, I don't think, had ties I don't know if he had Who? ties with um, Bud Chapman. That? He ran the National Wrestling Coalition in Southern Illinois, but made frequent trips to the Central Illinois region. I think he ran Chicago some t- a few times. No, no, no. Well, I was, I was probably just saying... in the '90s or early 2000s. Right. I was just saying well, anybody that has run this this part of Illinois, the Illinois Valley, anybody that's run here other than AAW has had ties back to Tim Lyle. Um, it's 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 now. I say, a, a, go ahead. I would say that since since the ni- late nineties, yeah, because he really started. Paros really started rolling mid to late nineties when they did their first show with Kane, then known as Doomsday as the heavyweight champion. I I I, I think Angus King. What's that? Angus King was his ring name. Oh, I thought. Was, I, I could have swore. I know I see was... footage. I no, he was Doomsday on Tim's show. No, he was. Uh, he, I think that may have been around the time that he was doing stuff for Cornette. So if he came up as anything other than that Angus character, it would have been his Unabomber. Maybe that's what it was. It might have been Unabomber. I think you might be right. But yeah, yeah, super excited when he. Boy, talk about somebody who's wrestled in the Illinois Valley area. Wow, that guy really made it big. Um, <laughs> I was super happy to see Ali back. <laughs> that was that was yes. cool to see. I know Ali very well. It was very cool to see Ali back. So then. actually, 
Um, my brother reminded me that uh, evidently the night that you had him made his debut in Wicked as a manager, that Rigsby's match was against Alto, which is yeah, yeah. I did not remember that. Like Gabe was like, you remember everything, and you don't remember that. I was like, I don't. I was <laughs> like, I know, I I know he did the commentary on the very last Wicked show with the blessing of Dreamwave, but um, I was not aware that he had done the, the shot for Wicked. I was like, huh, well, blow my mind. I'll tell the well, in my infinite wisdom, I turned down bringing Ali in because <laughs> of the price. And trust me, it wasn't that outrageous. It was just a little more than his friends were making that he, that were, that were from that area. You know what I mean? And he could have traveled with them. So I felt like I shouldn't pay it like more than them. And, but man, when I he worked Chase Richards in a ladder match for Fire Pro Wrestling in Indiana, suburb, but it was ran it's suburb of Chicago, but it's in Indiana. Um, when Fire Pro was run by uh, Steve Diehard Zokes ran it, or AKA Botch ran ran that company, and uh, I uh, Ali was like on me and Ali were like on for. One two years we were on every card together there, and he's a great guy. Man, he just puts on tremendous matches. It was great to have Ali come in and do commentary on Botch's uh, memorial show. Um, <laughs> a little cocky was from the edges then when he was younger, but you know he, he was so good. You kind of knew he was going to make it, you know. Absolutely. All right. That is going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, we will be going into Unrage the Cage. That will start the shit list uh, because there's something that Sin and I and even Crime Fighter saw over the weekend that we cannot just let sit. We will be right back after a quick song break. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil on the Evolution Radio Network. We'll be right back. And play.
is Mickey Knuckles, and you're on with Graveyard Radio Network. Oh, one of my favorite people who I have not seen in a in a while. I love you, Mickey. Uh, always. She's will. amazing. She's amazing, um, isn't she? Um, so that was Crankshift Systematic uh, is the name of the tune uh, for our song break. We are back. This is Rampage Rant, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio, a proud presentation of Rampage Productions. I, once again, am Sadistic Sean David, along with my co-host. Excuse me. <laughs> well, that's, that's one way to introduce yourself. <laughs> I was drinking soda during the song. <laughs> he is the Sultan of Slytherin, and we are joined by our correspondent himself, the Mad Conservative Crime Fighter. I guess I guess y'all just butchered that. I'm still here. Um, so Wait, I'm gonna. You said it wrong. You said it wrong. It's Crime Fighter. Um, well, you know, you've got that. You've got that Vince-esque voice. I do not. <laughs> All right. If you want to uh, announce gonna... me, do this. Hold it. If you want to announce me, do this. Introducing. Well, you don't have to say that. <laughs> the Galloping Ghost Arcade Gamer of the Year, the Mad Conservative Crime Fighter. That is That's correct. That is a mouthful. How about I well, call but... you the Mad Conservative? <laughs> All right. We we are going to limit the shit list tonight as much as possible, but this following subject does have to be covered. I I, have, I do agree. I, I'm not defending the shit list, but because I hate doing it, but this needs to be said, especially since a lot of people were standing up for this. I have no problem with this company. I'm going to say before you say the name, I have no problem with the company, but I, I'm really against the subject we're about to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. All right, here we go. with tonight's shit list i just want to say tony khan or any representative of AEW, if you're listening pay for the rights to l7 so punk can use that as the theme song again we beg of you god i love l7 you know i'll say one thing about punk i'm not i like punk in the fed right it's a good fit he belongs there um in the indies he kind of did step on a few people um but he put on great matches um, but, but L7, it, it fits him so perfect. I love L7. 
I, I remember the first night he came out at RCW and Reza was still a part of it then. And I mean, my God, like that, you know, I, I can, I can have that come on the radio when I'm in the car with mom or, um, uh, uh, what was the one that, uh, double M used? It was debonair by dope. One of those yeah. songs hit and I'll get used bumps still to this day. Um, but anyway, we're going to get on with our shit list. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of people know it's no surprise that I, I don't have, I would say, heat with this company. I don't approve of everything that they do. I don't approve that they hide the fact that they basically bought out Funky Monkey. And Funky Monkey started his live pro wrestling, which, oddly enough, started a couple months after my brother and I's show in Sterling. Just want to make that clarification clear right now. Um, but, I do want to point out, though, I like the name. Live Pro Wrestling, for just the name of your company, genius. Straightforward. Uh, he, he ran some events um, all over the place as LPW, and, and uh, that's actually where I met Big Daddy in 08, was working for Bobby Houston. Um, Funky Monkey did not start until after my hiccup show in Sterling in 2012. They, they started in 2013 in the same building. Um, so, I... I'm not mad about that. I, I always say give, give credit where it's due. They don't feel like they have to. That's fine. Houston, to my knowledge, has stepped away from the business. He might do appearances here and there. He sold the ring to Zeke Zishi. Um, from what my sources have told me, apparently Mr. Zishi was trained by Houston because his parents owned the radio station up there. I'm going to give credit where it's due. That's a very smart idea. However, oh, yeah. I would have. I, I love the people who train me, but if you can get trained by Houston, that carries a little weight. Um, not Sam Houston, Bobby Houston. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong Houston. Too many Houston's in this company. In this uh, uh, state. <laughs> um, so you know, um, I don't see a problem with that. I have a problem that the kid's ego greatly inflated itself, and then he aligned himself with Christian Rose. Christian Rose and I do not get along because he came here to Streeter and trained all the guys that were working for Revolution Wrestling, which I took a chance on when I was running Wrestle Wars. Um, he let them call themselves trained, took their money, and never did anything more with them, and then would shit on them to promoters they try to get booked with. I have a problem with that. And Sin's going to tell everybody why, because as a trainer, you don't do that. You're either going to train the guy – and and not take his money and train him the right way. There's, I'm gonna let him explain the rules of training when it comes to that, and I'll come back. Okay, for me, the way the way um, I first became a trainer <clears throat> was was quite by accident. Um, I was part of the first basically graduating class of uh, powerhouse wrestling, the House of Pain in Spring Valley, Illinois. Um. It was, uh, I believe, me, um, the late, great Jonas the Giant, um, and Adam, I'm blanking on his last name, my tag team partner, um, and his girlfriend, who we then called Eve for Adam, Eve, and Sin, um, we were all trained uh, by Tim Lyle in psychology, mostly, and by Brian in ring. Uh, You know, it's just... uh, you know, 
I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, my God, I blinked. <laughs> um, I, I think my point was you don't take somebody's money and allow oh, themselves okay, okay, to call okay. themselves trained. Okay. All of us, if you're not going to fully train them. All of us have paid our dues, you know, there, and we trained hard. I believe in that. I think both sides have to get. I think uh, if you want to be a pro wrestler, you, 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 have to, you, you have to, going into it, I think you have to know what you're getting into. A lot of physical, a lot of physical stuff's going to happen. Odds are you're going to, you're going to get injuries. I mean, I've at least suffered five concussions. I've broken my ankle. It happens. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. No matter who you work with, how safe you are, these things happen. You know what I mean? But um, I think you got to have that attitude going in. Because what I found early on in Powerhouse is guys would come in, we would start with 10, three of us would graduate. The next class would come in. I would help train them because they helped train me. They gave me a good deal on it. So I, 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 whatever knowledge I had gained that, you know, once I was a couple years in, sometimes they would just leave and let me and Adam kind of help train them. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you've got to, as a trainer, you've got to be, you've got to be, uh, I'm very old school. I mean, you, you've really got to run the guys hard. So you weed out the guys that aren't going to make it. Now, on the flip side, if you're being trained, first off, I'm very old school. You respect people that are training you. If you don't, get the hell out of there and get trained somewhere else. Because if you don't respect your trainer, you're, there's nothing he can do to train you right. You have to pay your dues. Setting up rings, whatever it takes, working security until you're out there. You bust your ass. You, um, you, if there's a financial agreement, you stay on it. This is a problem I had with my school. I closed my school. I had some good guys that came out and wrestled later, but I had to close my school because some of the, some of the people just weren't making their payments to me. If that happens, if you don't pay me, I don't pay the electric bill They're They're not going to let the place stay. So, you know, financially, um, you got to pay your dues, um, you gotta really put your ego aside. Um, if you don't put your ego aside, you're not gonna be able to learn from the people that are trying to teach you. There's just so much to it. I mean, that, like I, I think, said, I I think about thirty percent of the guys make it. I think we're gonna curb this full discussion for later. But my point was that Rose took these guys' money and and. It, it, and then he became – they opened this, the, the Zawa school, which evidently they've got two schools. There's one here in LaSalle, Peru somewhere, don't know where, and another one up in Sterling. Um, that's fine as long as you're not going to take guys' money and run with it because I don't, I, I don't appreciate that. I've been around 20 no. years. There have been too much of that. Um, no, so no, we're, no. This, we're, we're, uh, First off, can I say this about this? Yeah. Um, if you're going to get trained, get a contract. Get a legal contract. You have to spend a little bit of money and get a lawyer. Get them. Get a contract. I will, I will and, and tell you. Trainer, I will say this: if you're going to get trained, that should be a red flag right off the bat. The trainer, the guy, the people who are training you should have a contract in place for you to sign before you even start training. That's correct, because I had to do that with Finn. I attest to that. My mother and father had to sign it. Both parties, not just one, in case custody battle, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's the way it was done. And I do also want to attest that I was not one of the individuals training at Sin School at the time that it closed. That was the second class of Wicked. I was class number one. 
with uh, Chris Stark and Judas and uh, Natasha Crane. Interesting enough, I uh, actually took Judas under my wing and finished his training because he started at the House of Bane right before it closed down, the building was sold. And, right. uh, and uh, um, he quite often was left there with, with me and Brian a lot to do a lot of his training. And, you know, he had a full-time job. He couldn't always be there. Right. So did Brian, but Brian and I worked days. So we'd always, you know, come in at nights. Um, the twins, uh, I'm trying to figure the name of the Phoenix brother. Tweak and Dash. Tweak and Dash. The, the, the first day they came in, we're like, these guys are naturals. They were fantastic. They, we knew they were going to make it. Uh, Justin, or, uh, Judas, sorry, we'll call him by his working name. Judas, rough around the edges, but man, he had that. He had the right look. And Absolutely. And super over with the crowd. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, you know, that's another thing. The guy training you, like Justin went on to be pretty successful with, with, with the skills he had. Because he wasn't a very technical wrestler. But he no. had size. So, right. so I gave him... Uh, when I trained them, we talked about gimmicks and what I want, what I was wanting them for him for my company, but like anywhere else he could have been and whoever he, else he wanted to be. But when he worked for me, I wanted him. He came in, he wanted to be J-Force. I let him do that. It wasn't getting over. Um, we did a whole thing where I turned him to Judas and he joined the syndicate. And, uh, you know, um, as, as, a, as a trainee, that, that's a big part of it, too. Um, being willing to swallow your pride and go, okay, I get it. This gimmick's better for me, and this is what I should be doing in the ring because I look and because maybe I, I'm not the technical wrestler some of the other guys are. And Judas really parlayed that very well. Yes, and, and tagging with the man, although it was short-lived, I mean, I worked many shows that he was on through the years with Kometz and, and Bobby Houston and a couple other places. We were good. We were we were good together. I was 16. I was brand new to the ring. He'd been around a while. I was the guy that could talk. He was the guy that could kick butt. Yeah, and he's perfect in that role. I mean, when when I brought him into the syndicate, I'm like, this guy's a perfect enforcer because I'm I'm not the biggest guy. I'm like I'm five eight, you know, two twenty five. You know, when I'm when I'm in wrestling shape, you know, it's it's nice to have a guy that's you know six foot plus and. Uh, I mean, the dude, I think he was a bodybuilder before he became a wrestler, I think he told me, which I 100% believe because he, he had the build. Right. Um, so bringing everything full circle here tonight, the problem is Zawa had their uh, Zen of Wrestling, whatever the hell the name is, Zawa, whatever it stands for, uh, Zeke Zishi's company that was birthed out of Funky Monk, advertised the first steel cage match in the Stock Valley area in 50 years over the weekend for their five-year anniversary event. It stands for Zen of Wrestling Academy. Oh, I don't know if they needed the academy part, but I like Zen of Wrestling. I do like that. That's clever, but... um, Here's the problem with that. Association or Alliance, I don't care. Yeah, I think it stands for Association now, yes. I, I, honestly, Wicked Wrestling Alliance just got the Alliance name because everything else that started with WW was already taken. E, F, you know, everything. So it's just like, hmm. Well, <laughs> so, and yeah. soup fatigue. What's that? Uh, Alphabet soup fatigue. Yes. Um, so the problem is this. You advertise a steel cage match. 
You give the fans a quote-unquote steel cage match, and whoever wants to be the one to tell everybody what that cage looked like, uh, first, be my guest, because I don't want it to be me. Because then, okay. then they're really good. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. Go for okay. it, Ben. The cage was so bad that I was looking at it when I, I, I received the pictures from the match. Uh, I was and uh, I saw some footage from the match. I was looking at it. I was on the porch. My daughter was out there, who was 17 years old, but she's been around the business her whole life because I was a wrestler. And, I, and she's like, "What are you? What are you watching? What's so funny?" And I'm like, "You've got to see this." And I showed her the picture, and my 17 year old daughter was just like, "What? What? Why would they have that? Like, like." Even at 17, she knew that wasn't right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, the, the, cage, the cage, if you want to call it a cage, looked like um, somebody put up a, if you ever see a chicken coop kind of fencing, <laughs> it almost looks like they put chicken coop fencing around the ring. I mean, obviously you couldn't climb out of the cage because you'd probably break it um, first off. So obviously it's a pinfall situation. Secondly, oh my God, oh my God, I'll, I'll repeat this for people that didn't see my post on Facebook. Um, when I was trained, Tim Lyle had a cage. I mean, a real cage, a really good cage, a professional cage. Then you pull it out once a year or so for a big cage match. That's what they're there for. Um, if you don't have the financial ability to buy a good cage or to rent a good cage, just do something other than a cage match. There, that didn't have to be a cage match. It could have been anything. It, anything would have been better than surrounding your ring with something that just exposes the business so badly. I mean, it, it, it looks so horrible. It's so bad that it doesn't look like you could hurt somebody with it. You know, it doesn't even look like something that would hurt if you got thrown into it. But it's so weak, it's more dangerous because you don't know if the thing's going to break when you get thrown into it. And you're going to take not, a, a off-balance bump. Not, not only that, but let's point out, and then I'm going to give Crime Fight to the floor, that a cage like this is probably not constructed as well as what one of the professional-made cages would be. So if somebody hits that and doesn't know what they're doing, it's, it's landing in the front row. Well, in that, in the cage was only, from what I could tell, maybe, what, three feet above the top ring rope? I mean, uh, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. I mean, Tim's ring was 20 feet tall. You know, that's, that's our uh, cage. That is what a cage is, 15, 20 feet tall at least. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the whole point of a cage is so the bad guy can't get away. And the good guy gets his, you know, gets him and gives him his comeuppance. You know what I mean? And or to keep interference out. That cage looked like it could do neither. And it served no purpose whatsoever. And they falsely advertised in my book that look, if I if you advertised the steel cage match to me and I paid for attendance and saw that, I would be demanding a refund. I feel the exact same way. I I I, I Man, I, I'm telling you, I don't turn down bookings. I was taught to do everything the booker tells me to do. 
But if you brought me in, I don't even care if you were paying me the kind of money I was getting paid to to wrestle um, near the end there. I was making really good money. Even if I was getting paid that, I would I would have spoke up and just said, you know, if you're going to use this ring, don't ever put me in it. You know, I don't feel safe in it, and I just don't like the way it makes the business look. I feel like I'm totally exposing the business. Unless you somehow have me tear that fucking cage down and hit the other guy with it like a freaking weapon. Like if I'm an inventive hill and we gimmick a part of it, I just rip it out and use it as a weapon. That right. would be more effective than throwing them into it. <laughs> All right, crime fighter. I've uh, I've uh, let everybody else speak. It is now your turn on this. Uh, this was not a good look for them. They're better than this. That's all I'm going to say. Also, Simple Wrestling Association is renting a, an actual cage for their Grand Wrestling Spectacle event on May 21st in Springfield, Illinois at the 8th Street Gym. It will be the tag team champions, Tommy Arson, A number one, and the main attraction, Casey Jackson, to take on the young thriller, Derek Moss. And AJ Sweet for the Pitfall Wrestling Association Tag Team Paddle. So we're using an actual cage, and I've made the demand if something goes wrong on getting the cage to Springfield to have a contingency plan. Sounds like Zawa did not have one. No, they did well, not. They, the contingency plan they came with was the wrong one. Correct. So was that – I got a quick question. You said contingency plan? Was that a contingency plan, or was that the original plan? My understanding that, was that was their idea the whole time. If that was the original plan, then then we got even bigger problems here. I, my understanding is that's what it, that was the case. That's why I'm being so hard on it. My understanding yes, uh, was there was no other cage. That was the cage. I believe that is yeah. my understanding as well, because they had to use their smaller ring on this event. And probably could not get, I, I don't know if their ring there was a 14 or a 16, but probably couldn't get a cage that size. Most anybody that's renting cages in Illinois, um, I believe most of them are 18. I could be wrong, most but rings I, are, a lot of rings are either 18 or 16 feet. Right. 14 say, is less than, low, low, under average. If it was inside bar, I guess I guess this was a bar show, wasn't it? Um, it was some kind of studio of some sort in Dixon. I don't know. It's one of their new buildings. Um, yeah, this, is, this cage would never this, have worked in there, I guess. A real this one. Would have, this is my then other don't problem. Don't advertise one. Don't advertise one if it doesn't fit. You know, this that's is my, what I'm saying. Um, the <laughs> other problem is they have now announced that they are going to do something else on their upcoming event. Uh, let me find this. On the 21st of May at the Sterling Moose Lodge, they are going to do a Zawa Live Prize Fighter four-man tournament, all cage matches, no ropes. Are we going to use the same cage? Yeah. The wrestling show or is it MMA? Uh, They're doing a double thing in their wrestling show. Okay. Outdoors and weather permits. All I got to say about that is, how, who remembers Brawl for it all? How well did that go down? 
a lot of wrestlers. I don't think hurt. it's gonna do. I don't think it's gonna be like that. Personally. I hope not. I hope not because that that is one of the worst things Vince ever did to his workers. Just have them go out there and really beat the crap out of each other. I mean, it ruined see Doctor Death Williams' career in WWE. It did. He, uh, he never he recovered. KO'd. Yep. Like there's legitimate fighters. Um, my other is that it made Mark Merrill look bad too. Mark Merrill lost not once but twice. Remember, because when uh, somebody got hurt, I, I think it was Williams or somebody got hurt. He yeah, had a, he, he, yeah, he had to fill in for him. So you you got freaking Mark Merrill who already lost his gimmick he had in WCW, which is why Vince got him. Then realized he couldn't use the gimmick, and you're calling him the Wild Man. Then you put him in. And, and you keep having your announced team, I'm sure it was being fed through their headset, they were pounding it through your head how he was a golden glove boxer. And so that's why he got another chance, and he got his ass whipped twice. That just ruins his career. He wasn't Absolutely. knocked out either time. Now, the first one was against Blackman, and Blackman just took him down and ran up the score on takedowns. Well, Blackman, Blackman's a martial artist. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, tried to my, knock him out. You can't. My other problem is, I was asked by a well-known worker in Illinois, Wisconsin, surrounding areas that Benito and I have worked with before, if I would take a booking with Zawa, and I said absolutely not. And here's why. And I want to air this publicly because if you're asking workers to step into a cage like that, you have a total disregard for your workers' safety or well-being. Well, and, and that, don't get along with several people on the roster currently. Well, that that that's not that. Let's not even state that. Let's just just yeah. what what that case just was. Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, and, and it, I think it, Finn would go ahead. It's uh, it's the first time I have seen anything from Zawa, um, so I don't want to speak extensively. Like, oh, they're all mess ups or whatever. Or if you want me to say fuck up, I'll say fuck up. I don't want to say they're fucking up everything. But um, the cage was not good. Um, uh, doing another we're just one, piling on at this point. Just yeah, 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 just need, yeah. It just needs to stop. Um, yeah, I just, you know, guys, if anybody's listening, please, uh, if you are going to do a cage, do something good. You know, uh, I, I wish the best for them. I really do. But I think if they keep doing cage matches with cages like that, they're going to start losing some fan base. And what bothers me the most about it um, is, let's say you're just a WWE slash AEW fan, and you go to your first live event. And say it's that event because you want to see a steel cage match. And you see this indie steel cage that they put together. I don't even call it an indie steel cage. It's it, the backyard steel cage. Um and now all of a sudden, in your mind, don't you go, well, he feds must have generic stuff like this. And that's what bothers me the most. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for that section of <clears throat> us tonight. Uh, Crime Fighter, you are more than welcome. Uh, why don't you give us a rundown of this weekend's events real quick, and I'm going to roll Sin and I into our next segment here, which is going to be our Raw and AEW review to close up tonight. I'll give – I have my own uh, crap uh, yes. to throw in, yes. Yes, and I'm do. not going to name names. But the person who I'm calling out 
knows exactly who he is. He, I've apparently lived rent-free in his head for quite some time. He keeps reporting my videos for so-called privacy violations, and YouTube finally shot it down. And yet now he's decided to, uh, I guess, find me on a um, comment a site that uh, is used to uh, make up the comment sections of many different um, news pages, discus, and he decided to start, I don't know, calling me out and by name. And he gave himself away when he used the exact same wording under his true identity. So you need to get over yourself. The fact that you would create a, I don't know, Come at me at an, on another platform, apparently figuring that I wouldn't figure out who you are. I mean, that's cowardly. And you need to get over it. You've been turned down. You got some, you allowed me to rent, live rent free in your head all this time. And you still can't get over it. No. Tired your nonsense. Go away. Enough. Can Deal I with ask it. You a question? Yeah. Uh, is, this guy, is this guy in the business? Yeah. Okay. Is he as successful as you, would you say? Uh, to some extent, yeah. Okay. He's, I was just wondering. I'm not going to deal with him because he knows who uh, he is, and just in case I get it wrong. I'm just, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to make the comment because sometimes, honestly, some people dump on guys like you because they're jealous. It happens. You know what I mean? You've been you've been covering, you know, indie wrestling in Illinois a long time, so you have a good reputation. And sometimes people go but after some, people like that. Most people, there's some people who can't stand me, and not the you extent know, they can't stand Sean. But I'm, I'm I am a cameraman at ringside, and I don't exactly stay quiet. Yeah. Uh, amen know, to that. And, you know, um, you and I, I think, back on the Chicago board years ago, like, had some disagreements. But you know what? Never once did I, you know, just harass you or, you know, tell you that you're horribly wrong or you do that to me. You know, everybody has opinions. You know, you know what I mean? And if you're so extreme that you feel your opinion needs to be driven into somebody's head that you don't like and you're so focused, Move on, brother. Move on. Absolutely. I don't know who this guy is, but move on. Absolutely. Yes, I'm we are going for uh, ranting, so <laughs> we are going to take a too. yeah, but <laughs> we are going to take a quick two-minute, thirty-second song break. We're going to come back with our AEW and Raw review preview right here on Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
professional wrestling. Entertaining action that attracts a crowd and provides excitement at a fair or festival. The right promotion will have professionally trained talent with professional grade ring gear and equipment. Fairgoers will want to see more of them and attend ticket events in the area. Bring the wrong promotion, not vetting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The talent may have no ring gear, little or no professional training, aren't family friendly, and perform so poorly, you'll wish they'd return to the backyard they came from. Burned organizers won't chance bringing in pro wrestling ever again, shutting out legitimate promoters. And the fairgoers, if they want to see wrestling, will only go to WWE events. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair or festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the nosebleed seats. You can contact... All right, and we are back. Rampage Rants Thursday night. Turmoil Evolution Radio Network exclusively live. Blog Talk Radio. Once again, I am Sadistic Sean David along with my co-host, who I swear to God is not cancer. Just want to clarify that. Um, all right. Um, you probably watch Raw. I, I caught some of AEW. We're going to run through Raw very quickly because there's more AEW stuff that we need to kind of cover with them having a pay-per-view looming and, and now another pay-per-view looming in just a couple months that we'll get to. Um, Randy Orton celebrates his 20 years. I, okay, um, hey, I have a whole rundown here. Is that all right? That's fine. Uh, if I just did kind of rundown and then you would comment afterwards. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm going with an emoji judgment or an emoji um, rating system. And uh, you'll understand that's once I start going. Okay. Absolutely. WWE Raw, Monday, April 25th. Um, we have Randy Orton, his 20 year anniversary began. Riddle comes out, wrestlers surrounding the ring. They have them come up. They have a beautiful package, by the way. I, I love the video package they use. I'm trying to think of the music they used. It was a, a very cool band, too. Um, but just a great, a great thing. Um, and, and then it kind of, it, it got a little odd. Um, uh, you know, Riddle, it makes sense to say this guy has history with you. He really wants to meet you. Cody's hot as hell right now. Cody comes out. Everybody, because of them showing the little thing before, if you didn't watch when Cody was with them in Legacy, that video package showed you. So he comes out. Loved it. You know, they, they embraced. Um, perfect spot for Seth to come out and, you know, say, hey, Cody's still in your spotlight, just like he did for me at WrestleMania. All made sense. Then it gets kind of weird because it's 100%. We're, we're going to stop at that point and say, thumbs up, smiley face emojis because that's great up until that point. Then it gets a little weird. Um, I loved Elias. I even like the repackaging of Ezekiel. I think it's funny. I think it's entertaining. And I think it, he... he Dude looks great in his new gear. Um, he comes out and he says, hey, I, I kind of like this whole, they reminds me of the Dolph Ziggler thing. Hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. You know, he comes up and he's like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I'm new to the roster. He does his thing. You know, like he has been. Of course, Kevin Owens, just like the rivalry they've been building, comes out and interrupts him. So now I'm thinking, okay, maybe the interruptions are getting out of control. <laughs> you know? And then when you think it's done, here come the Usos. So I'm like, okay, I was on board for the first 15 minutes, but what are we doing now? You know, I'm, I'm beginning to question it. Uh, right. And uh, then they come out. 
uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, uh, 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 the raw, one of the general managers, um, comes out, he basically makes the match, you know, eight-man tag. And I, I got to say, <laughs> I got to say, when I heard the eight-man tag, normally I'm not big on the, uh, what, I, what I like to call the uh, Teddy Long theory of just put a bunch of guys in a tag match. Um, I, uh, I thought, I, I, right off the bat, I'm like, I think this match might be good. So they kind of sucked me in a little bit. So even though I questioned all the interruptions, the end result gets a thumbs up. How'd you feel about that, Sean? Um, I, you know, I, I, I caught bits and pieces of Raw, um, but I'm looking at this review and look, you know, they, they're trying to get something going here again. We know that Raw and SmackDown have fallen from grace very, very badly um, in the last couple years. It, it's, it's, not, it's not a hidden fact. It's a, it's a fact. Um, attendance has been down. Ticket sales have been down. Uh, they're still making money. There's still people watching. But well, they're, making, people... they're making their money off of people paying them to uh, have their product. You know, like Correct. and stuff. That's that's. I mean, Vince is the only problem with him going public is Vince is now tied to the people that make him money because he's got to make the investors happy. So Correct. yeah, I think that's where that part of that comes from. Um, Go ahead. You know, this this whole raw was good. Um, obviously, a Finn Balor fan. I hope oh, they wait, don't well, drop I the. I just meant the first part. I, I've got more. Oh, just oh, the okay, intro. What you think? Of... No, I want. What did you think of the intro? The part I uh, talked about. Where are you at? Because I had to walk away and grab a soda. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about the Randy Orton 20 year celebration. Cody comes out. That that Jeff was comes great. Out. Ezekiel comes out. Kale comes out. The Usos come out. And I'm going, what the fuck? And then they make the match. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this. Correct. <laughs> right. Um, so we're going to run through the rest of this quickly. Bianca Belair, Sonya Deville, Raw Women's Championship. I like Sonya Deville. I always have. Um, she, she was from Tough Enough in, in a time that my good friend and uh, a guy that should have been the RWF heavyweight champion, Diamond Steel, a.k.a. Ryan Howe, a.k.a. Skidmarks, was on the show. Um, I like her. There's something there. I hope they don't drop it. I like Bianca Belair, too, but... Um, I don't know. I think I think that they uh, the WWE dropped a big ball in letting Pond, one of Pondo's ex girlfriends, Sarah Logan, go. Um, Crazy Mary Dobson on the Independence. Um, very sad that they let her go. She she was a sweetheart. We had her on this program before she got signed, and um, this happens. Uh, but this women's match, very good women's match. Very happy with the promo from uh, promo. Promo from Sonya. Say that ten times fast. Um, All right. You're a little more optimistic on this match than I am. I did like – I liked part of it. I liked the beginning. Basically just because Sonya Deville keeps playing the I'm in charge card, and it's like, oh, well, now it's Okana. Oh, now it's ODQ. I think that was entertaining. Until there was something really wrong that they did. They had Selena – and Carmella come out to interfere in the match. Okay, there's two problems with this. One, about two weeks ago, that tag team broke up. So uh-huh. if they broke up and hated each other, why are they together again? There was no explaining. They never explained that the whole show. Correct. Secondly, 
That means Bel Air, if you watch it, literally beats three women wrestlers. It was three on one. They buried Carmella. They buried Queen Selena. And they were the former tag champions. Then they just buried Sonya Deville, which is no surprise because they've been doing that since she's got on the roster. Correct. I, I hate the fact that they they obviously were looking at those three as developmental. But, man, Bianca's not a monster. You know, there's monsters that sometimes they can beat. Andre would fight handicap matches all the time. Bel Air shouldn't be beating the former tag champs from two months ago and the GM. You know, all, all I I agree with you on that. Then the next thing we couldn't gimmick this thing up uh, enough. And uh, folks, want to give you a reminder because we are going to roll into the after party tonight. We just got a little bit more that we've got to cover here tonight. That guest call in number to hear the after party live is area code five one five six zero two nine six seven eight. You must be called in in the next in under the next ten minutes to be able to hear the remainder of this program or wait until the full episode goes in the archives. That's how this works. You hear that, people? Do it now. Call him back. That's 515-602-9678. 515-602-9678. Okay, then we had Edge and Priest cut a really bad promo. Not really well done. Uh, For one, Edge says that Priest is going to get revenge on Finn Balor. But yet, he beat Finn Balor for the title before, so I don't know why there's needed revenge. So, yeah. And then we went to a beer uh, squash match, which is fine. Um, You know what I mean? It's neither here nor there. That's wherever it's going to go. They leave beer as a monster. They can build them. That's good. If they decide not to keep following up, that's bad. That just is what it is. Um, Next, we get Lashley. Versus almost an arm wrestling contest. That's definitely getting a frowny face. Just because I hate it when they have arm wrestling things that have nothing to do with wrestling on a wrestling show, A. And B, when they interviewed Bobby Lashley, he specifically said he was going to be watching because he knows they were going to jump him. He basically says, I know they're going to jump me, so I'm ready for it. So what happens? He wins the arm wrestling contest and they jump him and beat the crap out of him. And he wasn't ready for it. I don't understand that. Frowny face. <laughs> um, um, then, then we get the segment where this, this thing took a sour turn for the worst. It got a letter F grade rating from the Bleacher Report. Reggie and Dana Brooke against Tamina and Akira Tozawa. I totally agree. Uh, you don't even have to go into that. That was boring, horrible, 24-7 garbage. Um, next, we got Becky Lynch coming back for the first time since WrestleMania. Thought that was cool. And then we're super, super treated to something good. Oscar comes out. Yeah, That gets a big thumbs up. I want to see Oscar Becky Lynch. Super excited. Don't even have to have a title on the line for that match. Both great. Um, next, I got here that Priest faced Finn Balor. Um, yes. I thought I thought they kept referring to Edge's seat as a throne, which I guess technically it is. That I thought the entrance. I know they were going for something cool, but just kind of that. Oh, it made me laugh. Um, the throne is just kind of wheeled out remotely, you know, to the stage. It's really weird. 
I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that uh, chair. Um, so we get we get a what could have been a good match um, until Finn is ready to hit his finisher, and all Edge does is sit up from his seat. Now, mind you, he's by the entryway. All he does is stand. Like, Finn's back is to him because of where he's standing on the rope. Finn literally looks over his shoulder and sees Edge stand up and stops doing his finisher and then gets beat. I don't get it. Crowdy face. What would you rate that, Sean? Um, I like the match. Um, I don't know that the entrance was good. Um, But, you know, they're starting to do something with Finn again. Let's just hope they don't fumble it uh, again because they they have seemed to be doing this a lot with Finn Balor, and I don't really understand why. I don't even think they're going to do anything with it, honestly. I feel like they just wanted Priest to go over somebody that was decent, you know what I mean, to make them look good. I just hated the way they ended the match. Um, okay. I'm going have... to let you continue. I'll be back momentarily. I got to take my uh, medicine. Okay, I'll finish off the raw review. Here we go, people. We had Ms. TV with Austin Theory. Super entertaining. Um, Ms. rarely has <coughs> the bad guys, or heels as we like to call them, on his show. It made it super entertaining to see. I- I'm still going to call him Austin Theory. Because they like to take away your first name and give it back in a week. So who knows? And then he comes down. I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, Miz is happy to take selfies with with him, which just made it super entertaining. The chemistry was great. Really exciting. Um, uh, From, you know, that whole thing was very well done, I felt like. Um, Which actually leads to an interruption in the match by um, Mustafa Ali returning. And that's what I mean about names. Theory, they took away Austin. He says he's just Theory now. And Miz points out, well, maybe you'll get a the before because I'm the Miz. And he points out, no, no, no. McMahon said, I'm just Theory. And then, of all things, Ali came out, which I was so excited for. But I'm like, wait a minute. So you're just telling me that they're calling you Theory now, but Ali gets Mustafa back? I'm so confused. You take away one guy's first name and give the other guys back. I don't know what they're doing. But they don't know great. what they're doing. <laughs> match was great. Uh, Miz goes for the figure four. Ali has a roll-up that I've never seen before, like, out of it. The way he actually pinned him was really cool. Great pop for returning Ali. And then, you know, and uh, great. And they're working them into a hot angle right off the bat because as he's walking back, uh, Masa Ciampa, Attacks him, which again in the same match, now he's just Champa. So we had one guy lose a first name, we had one guy gain a first name, and then we had another guy lose a first name all in one match. So the match was very good, thumbs up, but get your names right. We did have yeah. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley promo, I want to point out, that was very well done because Rhea Ripley actually gives the best reason for turning heel that I can think of. She didn't blame the fans. No, she said, I was a champion when I came here. Because she was NXT champion, WrestleMania. But I was a champion when I came here. And since I got here, all they've done is put me with bad tag team partners. So I've been losing. And she's like, I'm sick of it. That's why I turned on my tag partner. They keep giving me crappy partners. There you go. Great answer. 
Um, thumbs up. Main event, uh, main event was really good. Um, I'm going to keep it short. A lot of good stuff in there, but let's just say the best part is everybody on the heel side took an RKO, I swear. Just everybody was getting RKO'd out of their seat. They were lining up to take them. And, of course, Randy goes over on his 20th anniversary. Everybody is super happy. The heels stand together in the ring. And also an upside to this match, they really gave Ezekiel time to work in this match. They gave him a lot of ring time and got to show him off as kind of a new image. I like that. Definitely. Yes. And then the show closed um, with Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Yeah, which is fine because of where they were. You know what I mean? He's the mayor. Right, right, right. It does lead the question, will Kane return? Um, I'd like to see it. I think I think Glenn's got at least one or two good matches left. I, put that out there. Uh, my only problem is, is uh, the last match he was in, it was him and Undertaker versus Sean and uh, H in uh, Saudi. That match went so poorly, everybody looked like they were out of sync. That would be my fear of bringing Kane back. Okay. Um, last call to call in at our guest listen line, 515-602-9678. We are now going to go into the AEW review, but before we do, we've got some huge breaking news about what's coming to pay-per-view. It was announced on last Wednesday night, uh, AEW, uh, yes, Dynamite, that there is going to be a brand new pay-per-view being launched on June the 26th. It's in our state, Sin. It will be June 26th from the United Center. The land of the rising sun comes back to Chicago, but they're teaming with All Elite Wrestling this time for Forbidden Door, Sunday, June 26th at the United Center. I want now, to point out, I want to point out, perfect audience to cater to. If you're going to bring in Japanese wrestlers and AEW wrestlers, man, you put them in Chicago, you'll fill that Roosevelt Horizon. You got the right, that right formula. Chicago fans love it. Um, let me see if I can pull up because there's there has been some things. Okay, Um, we're going to go over this just because I've got it here. There are 10 matches predicted to be wanted to be seen by fans at this pay-per-view. Match number one, Danhausen versus Toru Yano. Hmm. I'm curious about this because I've seen seen Danhausen's gimmick. Um, I don't know if I'm totally on board yet. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. Uh, all, all, all props to the guy for being able to get over with and coming up with such a bizarre gimmick. Um, I have yet to see him wrestle a match, so I don't know what his working skills are. Um, um, he was formerly with Ring of Honor. He's, he's good. Uh, he's somebody that my brother posted to me, and I was like, I don't get the character. If I could get the character, maybe I would take a chance on booking the guy. Maybe I have to have him sit down and explain it to me in person because I don't get it. 
that's what that, I guess that's my problem with him right now. I don't get the gimmick. I, I think if, if I got it, maybe I need somebody to explain it to me. I, I think it, I, I see where it's it's very WWE ish, isn't it? It's yes. Not very AEW ish. It's very WWE ish. But uh, uh, we'll see. Next match. Uh, next match, Orange Cassidy versus the Murder Grandpa, as people have dubbed him, that were down in St. Louis over the weekend to see one of his matches, Monaro Suzuki. Well, maybe uh, good old pockets will get some sense knocked into him. Uh, well, if you're in the ring with that mofo, you're definitely going to get knocked silly. Um, well, this you is know, the, he needs it. <laughs> Orange Cassidy this is, needs it. This is the one that I believe is actually announced for the pay-per-view. I don't have that note in front of me, so don't quote me or hold me to this. CM Punk versus Kenta. I hope it happens. God, Punk, they need to make some kind of main event with Punk. They're in Chicago. It's got to happen. You got to put Punk over in Chicago in the main. You're missing out if you don't. I think. And, And then we've got to get Gorillas of Destiny against Red Dragon. Ooh, mm, that that might be good. We'll see. The next one fans are predicted to want to see Adam Cole versus Switchblade Jay White. Ooh, they're actually giving Cole somebody good to work with. I like that. Uh, these are not it announced. Maybe, 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 just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like what the fans are going for. I like right, that. Right, right. Uh, Tiatsu, oh, God. This is where I wish Kane was still with us because he's a slaughter name, aren't you? Yep. NATO versus Penta. Uh, I like it. I I, I hope Penta goes over. Honestly, I love Penta. I love Penta since she was in uh, Satu's Lucha Underground. You know, this this will be a match for the ages if they book it. Tony Khan, hear Uh, me now. Book this match. Keith Lee versus Hiroto. Keith Lee versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That should be good. That should be really good if it happens. This is a match that fans want to see, and I don't want to see this because if it's going to be John Maxley taking on this young man and deathmatch bullshit, I don't want to see it. John Moxley Jr. versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. I think you could find something better for Zack on this. I really do. Uh, maybe if you put a stipulation in there, I don't know. Moxley, Moxley seems to be their king of stipulation matches in AEW. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just, I love, I love Daniel Bryan. I love Moxley, or I'm sorry, Danielson now. I love Moxley. I love, I love William Regal. I just don't like what they're doing with him now. Hangman, Hangman Adam Page versus Shingo Tagaji. Oh, good God. T-A-K-A-G-I. <laughs> You're really struggling there, brother. <laughs> I, well, you know what? It's a good thing I didn't get. Man, don't. I love you, New Japan. If you're going to book me in the States, book me in the States. But please make sure I have the correct pronunciation of these guys' names. Thank you. <laughs> much, much appreciated. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I was laughing so much about the, the last name. Um, would you say he was working again for me? Hangman. Or they wanted to work in Page? Yeah. So, at that point, 
Because Punk, Punk faces him before that, doesn't he? Yeah, we'll before get to that, that yes. Yes, we'll so, get to so that. So we don't know if Paige will have the title then. So Correct. we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I, I'm a hot and cold on Hangman Adam Page. There's certain things he does I really really like. There's certain things he does that I don't, I don't really care for. Um, I'm, you know, it really, for me, his, his matches kind of depend. I don't know. It, it really feels like sometimes he's on target and sometimes he's a little off. I, I don't know why he's their champion. Uh, I hope Punk beats him. <laughs> That's all I can say. And then the last match that people want to see, this is being called the dream match of the decade, Okada Danielson. Wow. Um, they never did that in Japan when they uh, was there? No, nope. Because that would have been before Okada's come up over in Japan. This he was with WWE. Uh, Danielson match- was with WWE. Wow, and now he's the American Dragon again. So you know yes. the Japanese fans are going to want to see that match. You know, that anybody, is... anybody who watched him in Japan and now is watching him in AEW as the American Dragon wants to see that match. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I, I think they that AEW has missed an opportunity by signing Okada. It should have been done long before now. This guy... If Vince could have got his hands on this guy, this could have been the next Shinsuke Nakamura. And, and let's be honest, they didn't do everything with Nakamura they could have. Okada's got it. Okada's got it. In all fairness, though, in Shinsuke's defense, he, he's never going to leave the WWE. He said it. He, 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 he's nearing the end of his career. We all know it. And uh, you know what? He's super happy where he's working now. So good for him. You know what I mean? Uh but, you know, they're not utilizing them the best, so I can see why another Japanese wrestler wouldn't want to go there. Um, then we start AEW Dynamite from last night. We've got the uh, uh, former Revival facing off in a Owen Hart Cup qualifying match. But before we get to this, I do want to state that the record claims of Dave Meltzer is that he had a one-on-one conversation with Brett the Hitman Hart, who was never asked to come be at the finals of this Owen Hart tournament. Wow. Is, this, is Owen's wife going to be there? I don't know. Or uh, I this, should say this widow. Is, this, is widow this, this, is, this is raising a lot of questions. Um, there are some people that don't buy that from Meltzer. We know that Meltzer likes to sometimes create bullshit for cash and ratings and all of that but um i don't know what they're doing here if you're doing something like that and don't have permission of the family obviously they've got it from martha because they wouldn't be able to use the foundation but why would you leave brett off of this what i don't understand more so i really think martha probably only signed off on it because she's you know it's no secret she i i think i think she's she's still in current uh, currently suing the WWE last I heard about that device that did not properly um, function, which led to Owen's death. Right. Um, so I, I really think she only did this to get back into WWE. And from an AEW standpoint, I, I really don't like it because uh, Owen wrestled in WCW under a different name. Um, Correct. Um, Owen also wrestled in WWE 
for the major for when he was known really for the majority of his career as the Blue Blazer for a while, and then as himself and with a great rivalry with Brett. And if he was part of the nation for a while and stuff too, he's the black Correct. heart. Um, all his roots belong to WCW and WWE in the mainstream eyes. So I don't. It's like they're trying to use somebody's that uh, somebody that made a name off of other companies and was long dead before they even opened their doors to to get fans. And I think this. I think, I think this was. I think. It's I, a, think the, I really think it's a disrespectful thing to do to Owen Hart. I, I agree with you on that, and I think this is being done because Martha is so anti-WWE that when they came to her with this idea, why the hell not? Let's stick it to Vince again. I, I truly believe that. I truly 100% believe that. It's an unfortunate situation because I love Owen Hart to death. Um, I hate to see you. I, I, I... Hello, are you still there? Can you hear me? Yep, you broke up for a second. There we go. Okay, I just want to say I feel it's bad to, like, show honor to a guy that passed decades before your company even opened and had no association with your company. You know what I mean? It just doesn't feel right to me. I I have to agree on that. Zach Hardwood picked up the win. Um Good match. I mean, they're they're tag partners, and 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 uh, this was actually said about um, uh, what tag team was it that he put together? I think it was Ian and Axel when he when Heyman put them together. They that he had or no, it was Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock that Heyman had seen competing against each other so much that he he went man, they make hell of a, opponents against each other. I wonder if they'll make a good tag team, and, and we know the history of Public Enemy. Here is the opposite of that. You can take a tag team and split them apart and get a good match because they have chemistry. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of a little bit, just a little bit inside? Um, many moons ago at a Royal Rumble, we uh, had the first entrance, and it was Axe. And then, you know, they played his music, came down to the ring. Then they go, and the second entrance, and Demolition's music hits again, and out comes Smash. I just love that moment. <laughs> and it reminded me of that. You know what I mean? Seeing tag right. partners go at it. And the brilliant part is he got the victory. So you don't want to make one guy look better than the other, necessarily in the tag team. I like how they ended it. He only got the win because his partner hesitated to put him in the sharpshooter because he was hurt, which that hesitation caused him to get pinned. Brilliant ending. Brilliant psychology. We got to give credit on that. You, you um, did leave something out, though. They started the show by bringing Punk out. I get it. It gets a pop, but it didn't need to happen today or that day. On the um, Blackpool Combat Club uh, against the Factory. I'm I'm just going to leave that at that. It was what it was. Um, Blackpool Combat yeah. Club over. I just hate that they're taking guys and beating the crap out of them just to beat the crap out of them. Yeah, I, uh, it's so Japanese style. Every week, just beating guys up and not taking much back at you. I, I don't understand the booking behind the Blackpool Club. 
Good promo from Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm. Um, and then we got another one from Jungle Boy. Yeah. I don't know where that's going exactly. I don't either. Uh, I feel like they're – I like Jungle Boy, and I feel like this is going somewhere, but I don't know where yet, which is kind of cool. Uh, MGF All right. Warload. MGF Warlow came after that. Um, uh, no, it was Lance Archer Award, though, um, and oh, I got yeah, the privilege. I got the privilege of working. I I got the privilege of working with Lance last June for Brian Blade up in Elgin, uh, and actually, I screwed up the name of his town, but it actually worked in my favor because he he, he grabbed the mic. He's like, "Say it right, or you're dead," because his theme song is "Everybody Dies." Yeah, the crowd popped. It was great. No problem, guy. Um, no problem with that guy. I thought he did a great job. I thought Wardlow, Wardlow, if I can say his name, right. I think he, it was good to see him in a match. You know, this whole MJF comes out. He tries to get there. He gets pulled away. It's getting old. You know, thank God they gave him a match. He, he um, a match. Well, the, the rumor is it's going to be Wardlow, MJF at the upcoming pay-per-view Memorial Day weekend, double or nothing on pay-per-view. Uh, it's just, uh, man, I like that they put Wardlow in the ring. I'm so glad about it. Um, the, but my reaction to the match is kind of, mm, only because, only because they've been using Wardlow too long, chasing around MJF. They need to do something. They need to pull the trigger. That's my opinion. Um, Lance Archer, I believe, is now an associate once again of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. We don't know what's going on with that. One minute, Lance Archer belongs to Dan Lambert. The next minute, he belongs to um, Jake the Snake. We, we, we just don't know. We know that Lance Archer, um, if they were smart, and look, I'm not saying you give the guy a five-year run with the AEW world belt. That's not what I'm saying. Guy deserves the AEW world belt. Hell of a talent. Super nice guy. Um, you know, he was he was with TNA as, as Lance Hoyt, um, part of that tag team. This guy gets it. He's been to Japan. He's been to Mexico. Put the title right. on him. As short-lived as you needed to be, he deserves that opportunity, in my book. I just, I just don't see – I don't see Tony Khan doing it, though. That's the problem. I mean, that's a wish. And I think, and on paper, it sounds good. I just, with all the money Tony Khan has invested in all the other talent that he's making champions, I don't think he looks at Archer the same way he looks at these guys. You know? I just don't I, think he does. I think that's a mistake, because I, I don't I know, know what happened. Be- I don't disagree, bro. I, I, don't, I think, I think that if, if Archer, I don't know how old he is, but I think if he were a little younger and Vince were to be able to grab that, I think I think that that would be one of Vince's guys if Vince was still not – if Vince was still as competent as what he once was in the earlier days and not as senile. I will point out something. Like most of his talents, my understanding – that Vince discovers, even through the Attitude Era, it wasn't discovered by him. Like, the choice to get Taz wasn't, like, he didn't know who Taz was. No. I mean, when Taz came in, he started no-selling. He didn't get it. He's like, he's not big enough to no-sell. You know, somebody had to try to explain it. Well, that's his gimmick. And then when he started suplexing people, he's like, I I don't get it. 
and there's like, oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean? So Vince sometimes book guy, guy he hires guys sometimes that he never sees, but what he does do good when there's an indie talent out there. And this this is one thing I love crimey crime fighter, but there's one thing I do disagree with him on. He mentioned that they no longer bring indie talent in, but I uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Theory is an indie talent and was discovered. And Vince, I, I think Vince is going to push him to the title eventually. He's super hot on the kid. But that's um, well, opinion. Theory Theory was actually a love child of Triple H when Triple H was still in charge of NXT. Um, yeah, but I mean, he he, he wasn't trained in NXT. He was trained no, he, before he, well, we got there. I, I think what Crime Fighter is saying is they don't book enhancement matches. You don't see a guy like Eric Freedom going on Monday Night Raw to lose all the oh, time. I see what you're saying. They, they're not booking Carpenters anymore is what he's saying. Correct. Correct. Oh, maybe I misunderstood what he said then. But, you know, in, in this case, I mean, they do. I mean, if, if Vince sees potential in you and he likes you, even if you're an independent talent, he'll push you. You know what I mean? So that's still there. I like that indie workers can still find jobs. So um, then we had the thing with uh, Kingston and Jericho. I'm just going to leave that as what it is. I know you're Jericho, not a big fit. I don't like Jericho's faction. I don't find him entertaining. And I, I just can't be, get behind Kingston. I just don't like him. I don't like his ring work. I don't like his here, I don't think he's exceptional on the mic. That was for the emoji there. That's a sleeper. That's a sleeper match. Uh, uh, not in a good way. Sleep through it. Go get a soda. Um, <laughs> Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida, Philly Street Fight. Oh, that was damn good. That, before we get to that, I want to point out MJF did have a backstage part where he teases Big Cass. Did you catch that? Uh, he did not face. He did not tease big uh, cast. That's where you you misinterpreted that because I'm looking at the, what he said. Wardlow will face the man next week who is smarter, taller, and you can't teach that. Which means Enzo is coming next week. He said. He said bigger. Enzo's not bigger than him. No, he said Wardlow faces a man who is smarter and taller. Oh, I guess I misread that. Yes, he's taller. That has to be Big yes. Cass. That has yes. to be Big Cass. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, does... I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> um, that does mean that more than likely Zoe will be coming, and we will hopefully get that reunion that everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, well, I don't know. If Zoe got his stuff together. I mean, from all reports, he was kind of uh, – Kind of an arrogant prick in the WWE. Um, from what I've heard, he's been, I mean, people have been booking those two left and right. The Hardys just had a match with those two. So um, I think he's good. I, I would take the shot. I would take the opportunity to book him. Um, if money were not an objection, I'd book him in cash. I, I most certainly would. I think it would be a good draw. I think there's I, money there, Scout. I like the tag team because I think Enzo's got great mic skills, and I think Cass is Big and good in the ring. Uh, you know, I think that's what makes him a good tag team. Uh, I like him. So maybe you're right. I mean, I'm excited just for big cast. But if they bring Enzo in, I, you know, if he if he's been behaving, that would be great. 
I'd like to see it. Um, then we had the segment with uh, uh, Malachi Black's group, House of Black, and Death Triangle, which is all back together now. Yeah, yeah, they, for some reason, just got back together. Um, but I don't want to, I'm, I'm undecided on this. I, I want the best for House of Black. Um, I like them as a character. I feel like they haven't been using them right. Um, I really don't. I feel like the feds used them better than they are, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see where that goes. You know, I, I'm not really, I'm not sure where that's going yet. Um, then we had this huge tag team clusterfuck. Undisputed Elite, Varsity Blondes, Dante Martin, Brock Anderson, and Lee Johnson. Too many people in one match. I'm just going to say that right now. And by the way, I still, I still call them Undisputed Era. I'm sorry. That's what, that's what they are. <laughs> well, it was Undisputed Era and the Elite tagging together. That's why it's Undisputed Elite now, and there's even shirts out for this. Um, so, um, good talent in the match. Good to see uh, Arn Anderson's kid getting some shine. Brock yeah, I Anderson. Agree. I agree. Um, 100% over, over way past due. They needed to do this. Winners, undisputed elite, no surprise there. Backstage, we're, we're backstage again, and Jericho throws a fireball in the face of Eddie Kingston. No, no, I will say this. I didn't get to see it happen live, but I have seen footage of it. As far as fireballs go, they, they, don't, they don't always work well in, in, uh, on TV. A lot of things go wrong. Lighting it, you know, I, I think it was an Undertaker match. They, they, they messed with a lighter for like like a minute in the ring before they fireballed them because they couldn't light it. <laughs> right. But, but this one was done right. The fireball looked good. So hats off. The, the fireball looked good. I like that. Um, and then your main event, Samu Guevara with Ty Conte versus Scorpio, Scorpio Sky with Dan Lambert in a TNT championship ladder match. Okay. I want to love this match, but I, I kind of have a problem with how it ended. Well, I should say how it ended specifically, but who won? Because I'm not understanding the, this booking strategy at all. I mean, why do you take why do you take the belt off Sky to put it on Guevara? Just have him drop it shortly after. I don't know if um, Sammy did something to piss people off in back. Maybe, maybe that's why the change. Otherwise, it's starting to feel like kind of a hot potato championship that they're going to do this. That's other, otherwise, I'm fine with the match. You know what I mean? I just I don't I don't get get what they're doing with the title. Uh, I don't know that they know what they're doing. And then the big announcement came last night. One of your main events for AEW Double or Nothing Memorial Day weekend next month on pay per view. It will be. CM Punk versus Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I think they made this announcement, in my opinion, just because um, I, they, I think the plan was from day one when Punk was ready, because I, I really think they're on Punk's schedule when he came in. They're like, because he wanted to work a lot of young talent, so they let him, which I like. Um now, now, now he's working some more competitive guys, and you can tell Punk got his rhythm back. 
And and Punk, I think even himself wanted to make sure he had his rhythm back before he said to the guys, "Yeah, I think I can go for the title." You know what I mean? Because Punk's a smart guy. Um, and because of that, I think combine that with the fact that they got New Japan to work out a deal to run in Chicago with them. I mean, how do you not put the title on Punk so he can defend it in Chicago? I can't see right. this playing out any other way. But it, it should be a great match. I mean, um, like I said, Paige, I love and don't love some things about him. Punk, maybe I don't like some of the personal things he's done to some of the people that I'm associated with when he was an independent guy. Um, but Punk, love him or hate him, guys, you know, from a personal standpoint, he he is a fantastic in-ring talent. He's a fantastic Mike talent. He's fantastic at getting the crowd going. He's got all the tools. He is the guy that needs to get this title. He needs to have this title run. He, he, he needs to have a good title run, not a, just the summer of Punk, something with longevity. And he definitely needs to win this title, take it to Chicago, headline that show, be the main event. Please give Chicago what they want. Have them look good, man. Just just do it. Run with the guy. And actually, you will be coming up very soon on the one-year anniversary of Punk's debut in Chicago for AEW very shortly after that pay-per-view. I agree. I don't see. I don't see in any any scenario that that makes sense from a financial point of view, or a just even in general. If you want to please your crowd point of view, to not have Punk win this and go into uh, to Chicago as champion and win in front of a Chicago crowd in a main event as champion, you know what I mean? Give them somebody from New Japan that really can work. Give them somebody, you know, and let them do it. Because they will tear the Rosemont horizon to the floor. Remember what, what happened at Rosemont when he beat John Cena and went out into the Rosemont crowd with that title? People lost their minds. I mean, and All then he right. showed back up at Comic-Con with the title. It was great. Absolutely. All right. We are going to close tonight with these weekend's events in the southern Illinois area. I am not going to pull up the old Chicago board to uh, go over all of that. But if you do have event submissions, you can submit them to Wrestling Authority Radio on Facebook. American Hostile Championship Wrestling will be in Donovan, Missouri at the Donovan High School on the 30th. Anna Fight Underground is happening right now in Anna, Illinois, I believe our old friend Man Man Pondo is there. You know, uh, I don't know if he is, because earlier this morning, he put up uh, a video, because Pondo and I are friends. Um, right. He put up a video. He, uh, tonight, he's going to do Violent J's birthday party. Ah, that's what it is. He he has the night off at Anna. Then uh, Yeah, at yeah Anna he's, he's, at, he's at Violent J's birthday party. <laughs> For those of you who aren't in the know, Violent J is... Uh, one half of the insane clown posse. Correct. Um, and and really, they're the guys that really helped make Pondo's career. That, that in Japan um, really made Pondo's career. Grandel Wrestling at the Grandel on the 30th in St. Louis. IWA Productions, the 30th in Mount Vernon, Illinois. 
Yay, Mount Vernon's got wrestling. Good to hear. Uh, that is John and Patty Boxstead. What? Oh, yeah. man. I want to go. What day is this? Oh, man. I think we might have to take that day off, Sean, and make a road trip. I want to go to that. Uh, that's Saturday night. Uh, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Let me see what I work Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Journey Pro Wrestling in Kansas City, the 28th tonight and tomorrow, the 29th, at the Ang- Agnes Art Center in Kansas City. Kansas City Extreme Wrestling in Kansas City, uh, that is also tonight. And then Zero One Supreme in Mattoon at the Burgess Osborne Auditorium on the 30th. Okay, I got a bone to pick with you now, Sean. Danny, okay. John. You needed to tell me about this last week, so I could have got the day off. I worked <laughs> Saturday night, and I wanted to go to see, see John Bach. <laughs> I'm mad. Um, well, now, wait a minute, because if this is the uh, Facebook page that they're still – yeah, I don't think that's the right one, either that or I don't – I'm not privy to the uh, information, but – IWA Productions, uh, that is, uh, a, you know, it's a good set. They've been around a while. Um, I've heard, I don't, who runs that? I'm trying to think if I've ever worked for them. Uh, John and Patty run that. That's their company. God, I know John and Patty so well. I must have worked for them. I, I, how did I forget the name of the company? <laughs> how did I forget the name of their company? Good God. I'm so sorry. Uh, John and Patty. Uh, John and Patty. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Damn it. We, we missed it tonight. Uh, side note, uh, as we get ready to wrap things up here, uh, Rage Against the Machines, Tom Morello was in Marseille's tonight. We missed it. What? Yep. I love Tom Morello. We could have sat and talked about Kiss. He's a huge Kiss nerd. <laughs> I have a Kiss nerd. We would have got along great. Um. <laughs> So, you know, um, and then one last thing, um, it was, oh God, let me grab my calculator here. Uh, if I can do the configuring right. It was 17 years ago today that we lost no gimmicks needed Chris Candido, one uh, of a kind, true gentleman. We lost Chris and in a sad kind of way. We lost Tammy with him. Because she's yeah. never recovered. No, no, I really think her problems now stem from losing Chris. I don't think she ever got over it. So we, we lost. We had, you know, when he died, we had two losses, really. It's sad. It really is. Um, all right. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight. Um, we will be back next week. Chaotic Katie has promised to be with us. She is uh, celebrating some good news and also still kicking uh, cancer's ass. Um, All right. So, if you're uh, listening, baby, we love you. We do, and uh, we will be back here next week for more of Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. Right back here on the Evolution Radio Network. We're going to do a hard close tonight. What that means is no outro music. I'm just gonna, you're just gonna hear. Thank you for calling Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Want to thank everyone for joining us here tonight, uh, this weekend. Well, you know what? I got to do this. It's going to be May. Pretty soon it's going to be May. 
It's going to be May. Can I say something that's been bugging me? Yes. I want to. I want to say something about Angus McDuff. Um, Angus, if you aren't listening, I've been retired for nine years now. You are. You. 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 I just saw recently lost the title. Uh, I believe it was over the weekend. Um, in the Illinois area, wasn't in Illinois. But if anybody's out there, if you want me to work for you, bring in Angus. I'm throwing out a challenge to Angus McDuff, one-on-one match. I have never lost a one-on-one match against Angus McDuff. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. Any promoter listening, anybody listening, I will face him. I will beat him. It's a challenge. There you have it, folks. That'll do it for us tonight. See you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.